You're listening to TalkZone.com. Internet Talk Radio. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. (gasps) Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, it's the International Robot Exhibition kicking off this week in Tokyo. Apparently, they have some cutting-edge robots that they're using to train dentists. Uh, They even yell, ow, when the dentist gets, or the dental robot gets too close to the nerve. He is a family practitioner who has literally practiced uh, on both sides of the sea, both in uh, France and the U.S., uh, lecturing extensively on the subject of homeopathy. He's the president of the Center for Education and Development of, of Clinical Homeopathy for Boiron, USA. He joins us today to talk about homeopathic treatments for colds, cough, and the flu. Dr. Ronald Boyer joining us today on behalf of Boron right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, they indicated that they were potentially considered the action, and now federal regulators from the Food and Drug Administration uh, indicating this week that they uh, are going to recommend strengthening safety warnings on um, the asthma drug Cerevent, one of GlaxoSmithKline's uh, uh, medications, amid reports of death uh, children taking this inhaled steroid medication for asthma. Of course, we have much more allergies, much more asthma in our children than ever before. And just as we have seen a certain hindsight type of approach when it comes to even over-the-counter cough and cold and flu remedies uh, in children, now uh, with the recommendation to parents, don't use them in children because they don't work and uh, the dangers, the risk may outweigh the benefit, comes the revelation that many of these asthma medications used in children, um, we have little experience in terms of testing long-term effects in children. Uh, that CeraVent's use has fallen significantly since reports of the asthma deaths came to light a few years ago. But it is uh, still an ingredient in another medication, uh, Glaxo's blockbuster asthma drug, Advair. So whether it's Cerevent or Advair, you're still getting the same active ingredient. And adverse sales are <laughs> not to be taken lightly. $6.8 billion last year with at least two panel members from the Food and Drug Administration indicating that Cerevent should be taken off the market Glaxo presented uh, data rebutting it and um, remains to be seen, although everyone says the Food and Drug Administration typically accepts the recommendations of these advisory panels 
with the recommendation coming out this week that uh, we're going to strengthen the safety warnings on the asthma drug Cerevent. Um, and just the note here that there were certain members of the panel that felt Cerevent should be taken off the market. Well, it's so significant it made the front page of today's New York Times concussions leaving colleges and players like Stanford's uh, uh, Pritchard player, um, the Hawaii quarterback um, uh, Brennan, who's a Heisman Trophy contender, um, dealing with concussions. There has been much debate about the dangers of concussions. The National Football League adopting new rules and regulations uh, for handling the injury. But experts are trying to raise the awareness, uh, not only in professional sports as well as collegiate uh, athletics, but also on the high school level as well. Because here's where players are particularly susceptible to post concussion syndrome as well as more serious injuries and as neurologist Dr. William Hammersfar has indicated to us uh, any blow to the head can damage blood vessels which can result in spasms to those blood vessels which can affect you uh, certainly on a physical basis but also emotionally uh, and uh, um, from a from both a uh, emotional behavior as well as a learning standpoint as well. Of course, he um, has been nominated for a Nobel Prize by the the former head of the government um, a reform committee that handled um, uh, finances for uh, financial uh, exp- expenditures for the uh, Medicare and Medicaid services. Uh, Congressman Mike Belarakis, but. Um, uh, also from the standpoint that he takes a look at blood vessels in patients' brain, whether it's somebody with a concussion or a head injury, autism, stroke, attention deficit, cerebral palsy, in a little different fashion, uh, understanding that when these blood vessels are damaged, as they are in a concussion through trauma, the blood vessel narrows or goes into spasm. And it's not until you use unique agents like, for example, tetracycline, a little dollop on the back of a hand or some magnesium under the tongue that you can expand these blood vessels, uh, reduce that spasm. And um, as he has shown to the agreement of Medicare, as well as to uh, Florida State regulators, he can reverse strokes and autism, attention deficit, even up to 60 years past that event in the case of a stroke. So perhaps we should be a little more open-minded, not only from the standpoint that any concussion can provide long-lasting brain injury, and two, we need to take a look at innovative ways to deal with you know, what has happened on collegiate football fields um, in terms of Injuring the skulls. Uh, what's the popular talk show hosts say? Young skulls of young mush. <laughs> well, certainly, if you take a look at the color scans of adolescents uh, when cell phones are being used, you see that their brains are are in, in their skulls much more permeable than an adult skull. 
So not to be taken lightly, I think we can all agree that concussions um, can leave uh, collegiate uh, players certainly in a murky world out there. Speaking of the brain, um, there's um, some new research uh, being presented at the Radiological Society of North America's annual meeting in in, uh, Chicago. Children's Hospital in Philadelphia have been taking a look uh, using some sophisticated imaging techniques in boys with autism versus um, the brains of healthy children, they indicate that autistic children have more gray matter in areas of the brain that control social processing. But I think we would all acknowledge that we now know that autism is not just a structural uh, challenge. It's every bit as a functional uh, challenge, And if you take a look at books like Dr. Ken Bach's Healing the New Childhood Epidemic, he talks of the four A's of allergy, asthma, attention, uh, deficit, and autism all being linked. And um, there are food factors, genetic factors, environmental toxin factors, uh, certainly n- nutrient factors, with a study map sh- showing brain abnormalities in autistic children. What does that tell us in terms of, uh, you know, what treatment options we now have, which is amazing statistics that, uh, was it 1993, one in 10,000 children autistic in this country? Now, if you're in uh, New Jersey, one in 92. Well, it's Statistics Canada releasing some new data this week, the Maternity Experiences Survey finding the majority of new Canadian mothers are happy with their labor and the birth of their child when a midwife is involved. They found that midwife uh, deliveries are seen in a more positive light, uh, a national snapshot of uh, women's experiences during pregnancy. They found that uh, 54% of Canadian women who gave birth in a, during a three-month period described the experience of having a midwife-assisted birth as very positive. Now, the 26% somewhat positive, only 27, uh, only 20% uh, described it in neutral terms. So, <laughs> of course, uh, there has been this ongoing turf war really, truly, uh, between uh, obstetricians and midwives. You know, obstetricians certainly have their place, but so do midwives. Um, so you have to take a look at many factors, including the health of the mother, the health of the child, and certainly uh, the emotional uh, flavor of that delivery makes a difference as well. A new survey released this week by Statistics Canada that women happier when babies delivered by midwives. Well, speaking of babies and children, we now have the recommendation. Um, cold and flu medication could be dangerous and not even work. What are the alternatives? We'll talk about homeopathic treatments for colds, cough, and the flu with Dr. Ronald Boyer joining us today on behalf of Boron right here on Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Consolidate your healthcare information and get everything you need from one source. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. It's an important topic with that time of the year. Colds and flu, holiday travel stress. 
And the revelation now for the first time, uh, thanks to uh, federal oversight of over-the-counter coughs and flu and uh, uh, cold remedies in this country, that not only are they not effective for our children, that perhaps the risk outweigh the benefit. So to where do we turn? Well, I know of no better source uh, than a noted educator in the arena of a, a science-based modality that has been around for a long time. He is the president of the Center for Education and the Development of Clinical Homeopathy, which trains as many as uh, 3,000 doctors in clinical homeopathy in more than 20 countries or throughout the world each and every year internationally recognized in both the practice of homeopathy as well as the education of homeopathy. Uh, he joins us today on behalf of Born USA. He's Dr. Ronald Boyer who joins us today. Dr. Boyer, hello and welcome. Oh, good morning, uh, Deborah, and thanks for having me. Nice to have you join us. And for people who are not familiar with that term, or um, as I'm sure you hear from time to time, use homeopathy in in arenas that um, go beyond uh, you know what we know from uh, from from the science and the traditional practice. Help us understand when we say homeopathy, what are we talking about, Dr. Boyer? Homeopathy, we're talking about simply a therapeutic method that uses really microdoses of natural substances to stimulate the body's natural ability to overcome diseases. And the intriguing history behind this. Talk with us about Dr. Hahnemann and, and you know, his, his brilliance and his insight, which have now stood, oh gosh, <laughs> it's what, um, uh, more than several hundred years old, Dr. Boyer? It's more than 200 years old, yes. Samuel Hahnemann was a German physician, and he was very uncomfortable with the way that medicine was practicing at that time. You know, they were especially doing bleeding and purging. Sure. And uh, he discovered, he discovered, in fact, he discovered the science of homeopathy, which had already been um, talked about a little bit already by Hippocrates uh, before Jesus Christ. And uh, so it's very strangely is that he found that cinchona, which is quinine, was used to treat malaria. But if you take too much quinine, you were going to present with the same symptoms as if you had malaria. So he said, well, if a substance can give you, can cure in one dosage, and make you sick in another doses, let's see if it works with the other substances, and it did. And then he went and saw how how small he could go into the dilutions, how small quantities he could give to try to relieve the symptoms, and homeopathy has been going extremely strong for more than 200 years around the world. And why there are many, even in the face of that clinical practice, will we continue to do something that, that didn't work, Dr. Boyer, as well as the, the, the published research studies indicating, oh, it must be the placebo effect. Of course, one of the, the uh, interesting aspects of clinical homeopathy is that uh, it often has a place, so for example, in many veterinary practices, and it's hard to explain the placebo response there. Not only in veterinarian, but I mean also in, in children. I mean, children don't really have a placebo effect just to make the the, the doctor the doctor happy. And uh, I think there's there was a, what we call a meta-analysis. That is, that they took all they took about 90 homeopathic researches, and they showed that the effectiveness of homeopathy was more than two and a half times better than placebo, which placebo is already a good effect. So, no homeopathy is really a very effective medicine therapy. Let's talk about uh, 
efficacy and safety for just a moment because, um, um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, Dr. Boyer, um, you know, there is now this acknowledgement that over-the-counter um, common cold, flu, cough remedies in this country, one, don't work in our children, perhaps put their health at risk. And I suspect that you read that news uh, with some insight that, uh, from which we can all learn. Tell us your thoughts when you read that. Well, the, the problem, Deborah, is that um, when you're going to use active medicine substances, under a certain dosage, you're going to be totally ineffective, and over a certain dosage, you're going to be, you might be dangerous because these are these are these are substances that are the that have chemistry, chemical substances inside, and parents don't really know how to do it. I mean, when you have a child who has a fever whatsoever, you're just going to give as much medicine as possible to get that fever down. And these are problems we knew for a long time, and effectively now uh, parents have difficulties because a lot of these cough, these cold, and these uh, cough syrups now, they tell them don't take them anymore, so what do we do? Well, as you have educated so many practitioners and, and uh, uh, many of us as healthcare consumers as well, you know, that innate ability, as uh, you refer to in Dr. Hahnemann's work, that you could tap into the body's healing response. Give us an overview, and we'll talk, um, I'm sure, in more detail about some of the potential homeopathic remedies for cold coughs and flu, because as we well know, Dr. Boyer, you know, somebody is more in their chest, somebody else that can't stop their nose running, somebody else just feels feverish and achy. How does homeopathy uh, offer us potential uh, uh, very beneficial treatments for colds, coughs, and flu plays? Well, firstly, uh, as, as we know, homeopathic medicines are so highly diluted that all danger, I mean, they're absolutely safe, they're non-dangerous, no side effects. On the other hand, in homeopathy, we don't treat simply a disease. We treat a patient who has a disease and who presents with his own particular symptoms. So as you mentioned, if he has a dry cough or a wet cough, the medicine might be different depending on the symptoms he has. But what we are doing, we are listening to the patient's uh, body. How am I? Tra- how is he trying to get rid of it? And in homeopathy, with extremely dilute quantities, we're just going the same way as the body's natural reaction. And again, the dilutions and the quantities are so uh, so in- infinitesimal, hom- homeopathic, should I say, that whatever the age, whatever the size, there's absolutely no danger. Apparently, you can go ahead. So dilution is is probably a new term to to many listening to you who who have only been schooled in in conventional allopathic medicine in this country. How are dilutions used in homeopathic medicine, Dr. Boyer? Well, what you do, first of all, you take the the substance, which Uh can be the the natural substance, which could be normally a little bit problematic. And then what you're going to do, you're going to take, you're going to put, you're going to dilute it each time by 100. So you go to 1 to 100, then, one to, then you do it again, and we get to dilutions that are so infinitesimal that you get, for example, to 10 to the minus 12, and sometimes even 10 to the minus 60. So it's zero with, with 15 or 60 zeros before the 1, uh, which, doesn't, which doesn't give any, uh, any, any idea because when you get to those numbers. But if you put the number the other way around, if you put 1 with 60 zeros behind, there hasn't even been that many seconds since the Big Bang. So it, it, the quantities, we don't need large quantities because we're not fighting against anything. In homeopathy, we don't fight. When you want to fight against something, you have to give large quantities and, and strength. In homeopathy, we're just stimulating, so stimulation doesn't need a lot. 
And when it comes to, to, to the, the first signs of the flu, whether they're chills, fever, body aches, and pain, um, uh, there is a remedy that is probably in many uh, medicine cabinets across the, the country. Talk with us about um, oscillococcinum, uh, Dr. Boyer. Well, oscillococcinum is a homeopathic medicine that was, um, I think it was invented about 67 years ago. So, I mean, it's a, it's a medicine that's been on the, on the shelf for a long time. It's a homeopathic dilution and natural substances, and that you should take at the first onset, as soon as you start feeling chilly. I always say I have a 12-year-old daughter. As soon as she feels a little bit queasy, she goes and she takes an oscillococcinum. You take three doses, six hours apart. Interestingly, there's been a lot of research done on oscillococcinum on thousands of patients, and they all concur that after approximately two days, 63% of the patients showed a very clear improvement of their symptoms. But that must be taken as soon as you start feeling the first symptoms. So, you know, knowing that, you know, these remedies are so safe, uh, you know, it, it seems to, to offer all parents listening to you, Dr. Boyer, a, a science-based, uh, a safer option when it comes to those uh, first chills, fever, body aches, and, and pain signs and symptoms of the flu. Well, it doesn't give them a safer. It gives a safe. It's right. totally safe. Right. You know, it's... It, 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 it's almost uh, strange that we have this conversation here in America because I, I'm, I, I'm French. I mean, I, I practiced for 30 years in France where every single pharmacy in the country, even in the most remote part of the country, has whole homeopathic medicines, and more than 50% of the population uses homeopathic regularly. So do the physicians. They prescribe it. So oscillococcinum is really the number one flu medicine uh, in Europe and everywhere. And here in the States, I think it's also been, it's been the, the, the number one flu medicine Hold that thought, Dr. Boyer. We'll pick it up when we return. Absolutely. Right here on Healthy Talk Radio. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life. Dr. Ronald Boyer joining us today, the medical director for the Boron Institute, B-O-I-R-O-N, Boron Institute, the medical education division of Boron USA, which is the world's largest pharmaceutical company specializing in homeopathic medicine. And he is uh, an expert in both the practice and education of homeopathic remedy, the author of books on the the topic. And as we're talking about today, um, uh, the opportunity to learn about potential homeopathic remedies and the science to back them up uh, for the flu, for, for coughs and cold. And we were talking about um, uh, the fact that oscillo, um, oscillococcinum, is um, uh, used in 40 countries around the world, been around a long time, over 65 years. And, and you uh, had related to us an amazing statistic in terms of, um, I guess in France, it is, is like number one, head and shoulders, not in just natural uh, categories, but over Overall, Dr. Boyer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even in the States, it's been uh, the number one over-the-counter flu medicine, uh, and not just in the homeopathic or natural categories, but overall. I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been used by millions of patients uh, it's, uh, with, with satisfaction, and, of course, what they enjoy is that, of course, it's effective and, sure. and safe. 
So if if someone goes into to a pharmacy and asks a, a physician, I understand there was actually a survey of pharmacists in terms of you know what did they recommend for the flu? Where did Oslo stack up, Dr. Boyer? Well, if I understand well, I think there was a survey in 2006, and uh, they ranked the they ranked Oslo Coxsackie as the number one pharmacist recommended homeopathic flu medicine, and that's for the second that was for the second consecutive year. Wow! Wow! Now, for people who are just learning about homeopathy, um, you know, how, you, you talked about the three doses, uh, six hours apart, when you first feel the signs and symptoms of the flu coming on. Uh, you know, what is it? Is it a dose? Is it a, is it a liquid? Is it a tablet? Okay. Yes, you're right. No, they're little, they're little, uh, tiny little tubes, tiny little tubes, and inside you have a large quantity of. Again, tiny little uh, sugar pellets. Right. And you just empty the content of the tube under your tongue, so children love it because it uh, has a sugar taste, and uh, just let it dissolve under your tongue. We know that under the tongue there are a lot of blood vessels. The medicine is going to go in contact with the mucous membranes under your tongue, and the medicine is going to go directly in your body, so you don't have to swallow, you don't have to chew it. You just let it dissolve. And in in terms of, of, uh, you know, um you know, understanding you know how this that this works. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of you know how this field of homeopathy uh, can work actually with the body as opposed to we think tend to think of antihistamines and decongestants <laughs> and all that anti approach when it comes to uh, to coughs and colds and flu, Doctor Boyer. Well, you're exactly right, Deborah. We always in medicine. We always have antis. You have pain. We're going to give you painkillers. You're depressed. We'll give you antidepressants, <laughs> which are great medicines. But I mean, in fact, what they do, they very often they'll just hide the symptoms. And if you give, if you have a fever and you give uh, something to put down the fever, you're not treating anything. You're just putting down the fever. And homeopathy, again, we are not treating. We're not fighting against anything. We're just stimulating the body. When you're sick, your body says, you know, I'm not well. I'm trying to get rid of this thing and I can't. Right. So show me the symptoms you're displaying. Show me the symptoms that your body is displaying to try to get rid of this and let me go in the same way as him just to help him and that brings us to a great opportunity to talk about um, uh, potential uh, homeopathic remedies for for coughs because all of us know you know somebody might have uh, uh, that that cough that only results in nighttime hacking somebody else um, you know has a cough that's triggered by cold air run through us uh, the potential homeopathic remedies in terms of some of these chest cough symptoms please dr. Boyer well, I remember when I when I was uh, young in, in medicine, when I was just a student, and then we had the wet coughs that you shouldn't stop because you have to let them come up, and you had the dry coughs you had to stop because they were just irritating. And so you, each time you have to choose a different type of cough for a medicine. In homeopathy, uh, as you were mentioning, Boron, they have a specialty called Chestol. In Chestol, they have a certain number of homeopathic medicines. They have eight or nine. Some of them are really specific for wet cough, and so it will help the patient expectorate. And some of them are very specific for the dry cough. So it's it, it, it's a cough syrup that's gonna that's gonna hold all the symptoms of the patient. And again, uh, they can take as much as they want. They don't need to. But I mean, if the if they were to swallow the whole bottle, well, they just swallow the whole bottle. It's a bit silly because it's gonna cost them a lot of money. But uh, there's no danger again by the quantity that you're taking. 
So with the um, with the fact that we're covering many bases with with Chestol, does it does it come in in different dolutions, or because we're 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 covering many bases, uh, is it something that we can just choose Chestol uh, and, and know that it's going to uh, you know address many uh, types and and manifestations of, of cough and chest congestion, Doctor Boyer? Yes. Uh, first of all, I think there are uh, two types of Chestol. There's Chestol adult and Chestol children, ah, okay. which is in fact the same formula. Uh-huh. One is smaller simply because it can, it's the dosage. I think you take two teaspoons for adults and just one teaspoon for children, but it's the same product. Now, in the in, in the Chestol, we have uh, ingredients for very thick mucus, for loosening of thick mucus. You have medicines for painful coughs. You have also, you know, these coughs that are irritating because you have this tickling in the back of the throat and you can't stop it. You've got uh, even coughs associated with nausea so and barking coughs. So you have already, in, in the specialty, and, and, it, and it's, a, it's a cough syrup. I mean, it's nice because it has a honey taste. It's uh, one of the rare ones that children take uh, with pleasure, and it will really hold all the bases of, of the different coughs that, uh, that the patient, person can have. Excellent, excellent. Now, when it comes to, to, to colds, you know, our Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, reveals an amazing statistic that, you know, that average American will have up to four to six <laughs> bouts each and every year, which tells us that um, we need to learn more. So give us the, the array of potential homeopathic remedies when it comes to symptoms of colds, Dr. Boyer. A cold, first of all, is very difficult in the beginning when you're going to start getting a little bit queasy to know really if it's a cold or if it's a flu or it's a viral thing. Uh-huh. So first of all, I would suggest, like we do here at home, to immediately jump on the oslococcidum. But Boron has, has a specialty, which is one of my favorites. It's called Cold Calm. Cold Calm are tablets, so it's really the form that people are used to taking. And these tablets, you don't swallow them. Again, you just put them in your mouth and you let them dissolve. And there's a certain number of homeopathic medicines in there which are going to cover the three parts, the three major parts uh, of a cold. That is, first of all, there are three medicines for the onset. That is the first symptoms when you're starting to get a, a fever or a congestion. And then afterwards you have medicines also for the established phase when your nose is going to start running or you're going to start sneezing or sore throats. And then there are two medicines for the last phase, which is a resolution phase, to try to clear up the case completely so that when you're finished, you're finished. And uh, it doesn't come back again because again as we're not fighting against anything when the symptoms are gone it's the patient who did the job so once the, the symptoms are gone it's finished I mean uh, you can get another cold afterwards doctors do have to make a living but um, that the, that bout of cold and cough is finished Excellent. Excellent. So, w- w- when when it comes to um, you know really getting an overview, is some of these some of these homeopathic remedies? I know you've written widely on, on the topic. Is there a book source to uh, t- to learn ab- about some of these cold remedies as well, Doctor Boyer? Well, if you want if you want a family guide, my best friend and we've written books together is a French physician called Alain Villeur who wrote a book called The Family Guide to Homeopathy ah, okay. and in which he's going to take each symptom one by one but l- let's take an example there. Okay. Where we have this cold medicine and in cold calm you have a medicine called Allium Sipa why do we keep Latin names? simply because if you go to France you go to Japan you go to South Africa you ask for Allium Sipa everybody knows what it is if you just take generic uh, uh, pharmaceutical names they change from country to country and Allium Sipa is just onion so what are the symptoms that you're going to get when you chop onions? And I try to avoid that. Well, you're going to start sneezing. You're going to have sure. a runny nose. Right. You're going to get, you're going to get, uh, your eyes are going to be itching and burning. 
And if you have a cold with those type of symptoms by giving a homeopathic dilution of allium sepa, that is onions, you're, you're gonna, you, 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 those symptoms are just going to simply disappear because you have done the job again. Absolutely. So, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, trying to catch it early on for both uh, coughs and flu is, is obviously the better part of valor. Uh, what about somebody that for whatever reason is, is in a more advanced state of the cold? Are there potential remedies uh, from the world of homeopathy as well, Dr. Boyer? Yes, of course. And again, in the cold calm, you will have them. That's called the established phase. Ah, okay. Where you will have a medicine called gelsemium, which is just a yellow jasmine from Virginia. That's why it's and it's here the patient will feel sort of malaise, will have fever, you know, sort of stiffness, pains in the muscles, trembling, lack of thirst, which very happen, which happens very often in colds and in flus, of course. And you have another one called the uh, Nux vomica, which is just a poison nut, and uh, where the patient's going to sneeze, uh, get, wake up in the morning with the nose very dry, then he's going to start sneezing, the, snor- the nose starts running. Uh, all these symptoms are really for the established phase, and what's nice with the specialty is that you don't even have you don't have to look and find the specific medicine for you, because in that specialty there's about nine or ten medicines which cover about ninety five percent of the cases of, of cold, so and that's well enough to be able to, to cover any cold that's going around. Sure, sure. And we, we, we mentioned, um, uh, for example, the, the, the Oslo, uh, you know, recommended, you know, by so many uh, pharmacies. You know, are there other, other sources? Can we find uh, some of these boron homeopathic uh, cold and cough and flu remedies, the, the chest off for the cold, the cold calm for uh, uh, both the onset, the established phase, the resolution phase of the cold, the Oslo for the flu in, in other retail sources as well, Dr. Boyer? Yes, well, first of all, as you mentioned, we can find them in pharmacies, you can find them in fine health food stores, and you can also find them in Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Vitamin Shop, Rite Aid, Whole Foods, GNC, all those major uh, companies have have those medicines on, on board in their, in, on their shelves. And they're all, uh, of course, they're all over the counter. Sure, sure. And, you know, as always with the, with the internet these days, there, there's more opportunities. I understand that there's, a, there's a website. In fact, I think Oslo has its own website. And just a toll-free number, if people are listening to us, uh, maybe on the internet, want to find a list of stores in their area, I uh, want to make sure that people understand there's a, a toll-free number to call, which is 1-800-BOON-1. That's B-O-I-R-O-N. 1-800-B-O-I-R-O-N. And then the number one, BOON-1. That can uh, help you find a list of stores uh, in your area. But what about, uh, you know, even going one step further? Because I'm sure your conversation has piqued the interest of many, Dr. Boyer, if they want to try and uh, perhaps um, work long term with a practitioner that has homeopathic knowledge. Is there a way of, of uh, uh, actually uh, determining what practitioners um, might be uh, available in their area as well? Yes, well, I believe that if they call Boiron and they get the customer service, I think Boiron has a list of practitioners, homeopathic practitioners. Uh, they can also contact uh, what they call it's the American Institute for Homeopathy, which is one of the oldest uh, medical associations in the world, which is www.homeopathyusa, in one word, .org, and they have all the, all the names of all the physicians, homeopathic physicians, in the United States. 
and I'm sure you've gotten feedback, um, uh, you know, with your with your long not only education but but practice in this this arena, that when you start to deal with people uh, from not only a fundamental working with the body but also from an individual, because just as we know, you know, my headache might be different than your headache, my uh, cold and cough symptoms might be a little different than than yours, and why there's these wonderful remedies that can combine many opportunities to to work with a homeopathic practitioner on, on a personal basis. I'm sure you get feedback from people who say, oh my goodness, <laughs> I never imagined uh, you know, what homeopathic approach has to offer me. Well, first of all, they tell me he listened to me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I, practice, I, practice, I also practice the allopathic doctor, and I don't know how it is in the States, but they say that in France, uh, an average consultation is about seven minutes. And it's just certain that in seven minutes you get a bit frustrated because you can't really say what you have. And I can understand the physicians. I mean, their their waiting rooms are full and all that. But a homeopathic physician, again, is not. We don't have one disease, one medicine, like you would have an allopathic medicine, which is much easier. Here, as you mentioned, everybody has different symptoms. I can have a headache. You have a headache. Our symptoms are totally different. We are going to need different medicines. And and when I say homeopathic, you notice that I say medicines rather than remedies simply because these homeopathic medicines have been regulated, are FDA regulated, and not since yesterday. They've been FDA regulated since 1938. So they are really medicines. I mean, any uh, the FDA can come and any homeopathic company and, and see if their quality of medicine is right because the homeopathic medicines must be done in the same quality of manufacturing as allopathic medicines. So they are safe, and the patients, and the patients can know that when they buy homeopathic products, they are... Uh, they are regulated. I mean, they are very seriously. Yeah, and of course that is such a, a, a common misconception in terms of the lack of regulation in this whole arena. But you know, homeopathic medicines, as you indicate, Dr. Boyer, even a little higher standard than some of the other more natural remedies available as well. Absolutely. We'll be back. Uh, Dr. Ronald Boyer joining us today. He's the president of the Center for Education and Development of Clinical Homeopathy, educating uh, as well as practicing homeopathy, helping thousands of doctors each and every year in this arena. He joins us today to talk about our remedies for colds, coughs, and flu. We invite you to join us right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Answers to questions you can't solve with a pill. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Ronald Boyer joining us today. He is a noted educator, uh, practitioner who excels in family medicine, um, lecturing extensively on the subject of homeopathy throughout uh, not only this country but France as well, co-authoring a number of books uh, on the topic, including homeopathy during pregnancy, homeopathy and headaches, homeopathy and stress, homeopathy and uh, rheumatism. And as we mentioned, there is much in terms of additional resources, including a website, boronusa, B-O-I-R-O-N-U-S-A.com. If you're not on the web, 1-800-BORON-1, which is simply B-O-I-R-O-N, BORON-1. And uh, in terms of uh, interactions, because we often hear that these days in terms of considering risk-to-benefit ratio, if uh, uh, someone, for example, wants to be assured in terms of are there food interactions, are there interactions with other uh, maybe vitamins and minerals I'm taking, or even a prescription drug when it comes to homeopathic medicines, Dr. Boyer? 
You know, Deborah, why make uh, complicated ones we can make simple? Uh, homeopathic medicines are safe. They don't, uh, they don't interfere with any medication. You can be on heart medication or whatever medication you want. Nothing, uh, the, the, and, and there's no, um, I mean, pe people, when, when the symptoms are finished, you stop them. So you can't even say you're addicted to those things. So no interactions, no problem. And, and the dosage is the same for adults and children. So absolutely, you don't, you don't worry at all. The only problem is that, again, these homeopathic medicines are made to be dissolved under the tongue, as mentioned. And so you try to take them about 15 minutes away from meals. You try to take them on a clean mouth. That's all. But otherwise, I mean, of course, if you eat a, a lot of peanut butter, the medicine will have difficulties passing through the peanut butter into the bloodstream. So just take it a little bit far away from meals, but don't worry. That is the first thing in homeopathy. Safe, no interaction, no counterindication. Don't worry. And you know, when it comes to to some of the array of remedies that Boron has has to offer, I just have to uh, to relate to you because I uh, have someone close to me who's been suffering the the now uh, consequences of a ruptured bi uh, quadricep tendon uh, <laughs> and a knee. You know, once the weather starts to get a little co cool, a little different, uh, that that's stiff. Who's been trying the the arnica gel? Who just? I mean, <laughs> I, I guess he's taken it uh, tubes of it to, to to many of his uh, colleagues at the gym. Just can't believe the efficacy of homeopathic medicines, even you know for for long term soft tissue you know damage and swelling. Dr. Boyer. Well, yeah, you're right. Arnica Arnica was first talked about in the 1600s. It's a it's a Swiss plant. I mean, it's a plant growing in Switzerland. And the major, the major interest of Arnica is that it's a capillary protector, so it prevents bleeding, therefore bruising and swelling, and it also prevents muscle pain. So any sports person, any trauma, Arnica is the first, really the first medicine to think about. And Arnicom, the gels, you can take it in internally in pellets, or you can take it in a topical. Uh, thanks to you, Dr. Boyer. I'm Deborah Ray, reminding you to live long, stay healthy.